We want to speak this evening on the man whose ministry was Christ. The man whose ministry was Christ. John chapter 10. The thing to read. And verse 40, just the last three verses. And went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized. And there he abode. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And many believed on him there. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you condescend to speak to us. Thank you that you love us enough to come and fellowship with us. We thank you that you gave your son to die for us. Help us again tonight to see afresh the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to understand more about him and let him be exalted in this place. Lord, even if one has come in tonight, yet halting between two opinions, or even, Lord, has come for one reason or another, even as Pastor Yule has already prayed, they have come and they're meant to be here. So help them to hear with not only ears, but with the inner man or the inner woman, with the inner heart, the word of the living God, the word which is able to save a soul. Help us to see Christ tonight. Help us to see your Son. Help me, Father, with lips of clay, through thine own spirit and anointing, to preach unto this people, to preach Christ and Christ alone. We ask it for Jesus' name's sake, for his glory. Amen. In verse 41, it says, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. Notice it again. John, John the Baptist, that is, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, were true. John the Baptist is the man who was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. We're told in Luke chapter 1 and verse 15 about John that John would be great in the sight of the Lord, that John would be used of God to turn the hearts of God's people, Israel, back onto their fathers and their fathers to the children. That John would be a crier in the wilderness. And we're told that this angel 
has said that John, that he would be great because Christ or God had made him great. Listen to what the Lord Jesus himself says in Matthew 11 and in verse 11 about John. Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Listen to what he says in verse 14 of the same chapter. And if he will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. The Lord Jesus is looking back to Malachi, the last book of your Old Testament, to the last chapter, chapter 4, down to verse 5, when the Lord promised revival blessing through Elijah again. Now, Elijah's been dead and buried for many, many years. But the Lord has promised revival blessing through Elijah. Jesus says that John the Baptist was this Elias or this Elijah which was for to come. Yet, when asked about this, John the Baptist denies that he is the Elijah which was to come. So who is right? The man filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb or the man who is God in flesh, who has the Spirit without measure, the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, both were right. John the Baptist was not that same Elijah. And the Lord Jesus was right. He was not meaning the man Elijah, but as the angel came and said of John that he would come in the spirit and power of Elijah. So Elijah didn't come again. And I've heard people say, Elijah's going to be resurrected. Listen, folks, the Elijah ministry, I believe, is coming to the church. And at the last days, God is raising up men and women without fear or favor, with a heart like Elijah who will take their stand in these last days. And we will see Christ exalted once again before his second coming. That Christ and Christ alone is the one who will be exalted in the midst. But notice what it says of John the Baptist. John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man, the Lord Jesus, were true. Jesus said, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. What an accolade to have. What a reference for your resume to say, Jesus says this, about me. What a thing to come from the heart and from the lips of Christ, he who is eternal God in human flesh. For Christ to say this about John the Baptist, that among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. For Christ to say these words is to have heaven applaud to have eternity ring out with the sovereign's approval and to have an everlasting amen ring around the courts of heaven because Jesus said it and that's it settled. Then he goes on to say that the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. 
here he's speaking of before the new covenant that he would die for us at Calvary. Before the new covenant, John is the greatest. But in the new covenant, all sons and daughters of God under the blood of Christ are greater than John was when he was the prophesied messenger that would come to proclaim the coming of Christ. Here is something for you, church. Here's something for you tonight to think about. That you, with the anointing we heard of, even through the Spirit, that you, with this blessing that you have, with Him living in you, that you and I are looking for more. We're looking for Elijah to come when the Lord says, My Spirit is within you. You are the Elijah that was for to come. And God is raising men and women up to preach Christ unto our nation again in a time of apostasy. You are it. And if you and I take not up the mantle, and if you and I take not up the charge, then you and I are falling short of our calling to our nation who has fallen far from God. Notice this. That applaud, that everlasting amen that goes throughout heaven would also hear in the last days when all stand before Christ. The Lord Jesus says in Matthew 25, in verse 23, there will be those to whom he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thy into the joy of thy Lord. Imagine heaven amends it and amends it when Christ says it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thy into the joy of thy Lord. Oh, heaven agrees with Jesus. Heaven agrees with the Son of God. In the kingdom of God that shall come, many will enter in, but there will be many who will be turned away. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. The Lord Jesus talks about sheep and goats. There are the sheep, God's sheep, his people. We call them sheeple. You do, you call them sheeple. You and I are sheep people. And there are those who are goats who are not his. Listen again to the ring throughout glory. That which will be bound in the kingdom on earth will be bound in the kingdom of heaven. And that which will shall be loosed on the earth will be loosed in the kingdom of heaven when Christ says these words. Depart from me. Ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil. And as angels, listen, we talk of gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Here, the governing king sits on his throne. He says, depart from me. You're cursed. You're cursed. What eternal words. What a divine utterance. But what will be spoken over you, friend? What will be spoken to you? Enter thy into the joy of thy Lord, or depart from me, you curses. So here we have this ringing throughout glory, all that Christ says. 
Jesus said, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, yet John chapter 10 and verse 41 says this. Now, John did no miracle. Now, I am a Pentecostal, and I believe in miracles. We have seen how the Lord has blessed even our last healing service here and the things, the reports that we have heard of what God has done. I believe in all of that, but listen, please stay with me. It says here of John, the man who was filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb, he says, John did no miracle. Three quick things to look at here. First of all, Holy Ghost ministry is not always manifest in the miraculous, but it does always manifest in the magnification of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to say it again. The Holy Ghost ministry does not always manifest in the miraculous, but it does always manifest in the magnification of the Lord Jesus Christ. The man or the woman filled with the Holy Ghost will always speak about Christ. Secondly, Holy Ghost ministry and the Spirit-filled life is proven by a life which has been taken up by God. Their will is swallowed up by His will. A heart is fully overcome, totally overwhelmed, and completely enamored by Christ. That's Holy Ghost ministry. That's a Holy Ghost heart. Thirdly, Holy Ghost ministry is primarily, notice primarily, about not, is not, isn't primarily, pardon me, about the miraculous. It isn't primarily about the sign and the wonder, nor the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But Holy Ghost ministry is primarily about the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ at the center. Christ before us. Christ behind us. Christ above us. Christ beneath us. Christ around us. Christ and only Christ. That's Holy Ghost ministry. That's the primary function of it that the Holy Spirit would show us the Son of God, that he would be glorified in all that we do and are. John the Baptist, who was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. John the Baptist, who was to be great in the sight of the Lord and turn many of Israel to their fathers. John the Baptist, who had a great accolade given from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. John did no Miracle. But all things that John spake of this man were true. Were true. John did no miracle, but he spoke about the Lord Jesus. He preached him. He pointed men and women to him, and he exalted him. John 1, verse 29, he cries, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Sounds nice, doesn't it? But when we take it that they're on the, on the banks of Jordan River, and there he's baptizing, he's in the middle of the river, and Christ comes walking down. I don't know how he looked, and I don't know what way he walked, and I don't know what his stride was like, but this I know, the behold is shock, awe, and amazement. That's the way it should read. Behold the Lamb of God! Look at him! That was John's ministry, Christ. 
Christ. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away or bears away the sin of the world. He repeats himself in John 1 and 36, crying, Behold the Lamb of God. Yet we're told John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. John's ministry, John's calling, John's life, John's preaching was all about Jesus. Would you turn in your Bible with me, please, to Isaiah chapter 40. Here the Spirit, through the prophet, speaks of the coming voice, the crier in the wilderness. John chapter 40 and verse 3 says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every mountain shall be exalted. And pardon me, every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. Notice this, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Will you say all flesh? All flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Will you flick over with me to the book of Luke, please? Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. We have made reference to it. Luke chapter, pardon me, Luke chapter 3, pardon me. Verse 1 says, Now in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of Iturea, and of the region of Trachonitis, and Licinius the tetrarch of Ibeline, Annas and Caiaphas being the high priests, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Isaiah says all flesh shall see his glory. And now we're talking about John the Baptist coming, preaching Christ. His ministry was Christ. And it says all flesh shall see the salvation of God. You know what God's glory is? It's his salvation. Do you know what salvation is? It's a person called the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know what that means? Jesus is the Almighty, veiled in flesh, dying for us. Oh, brothers and sisters, this wonderful Savior we have, this wonderful Redeemer, this blessed Lord that we worship and serve and adore is none other than Almighty God who walked the very planet you and I walk, veiled and clothed in flesh, 
John chapter 1, please. John chapter 1. Notice this. All flesh seen the glory and the salvation of God. Listen to what it says in John chapter 1, verse 32. John is now in the Jordan baptizing and he's baptizing Christ. He cries, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Verse 32, And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and that abode upon him and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. That this is the Son of God. Dear brothers and sisters and friends, let me say it like this. God's ministry for John the Baptist may have been, as we call him, the baptizer or the dipper, as some people class it, for he dipped them in water. Full submersion, by the way. Full submersion. And that's fair enough, the baptizer baptizing, and that's fair enough, and that's okay, and that was good. But the main thrust of John's ministry was not baptism. The main thrust of John's ministry was Jesus. It was Jesus. It was Christ. How far, how far have many churches or people or ministers or pastors or whatever. Many, how far has many fallen away from Jesus? From preaching Christ and Christ alone. How many have fallen away from lifting up the cross and preaching the blood? Oh, it's a, it's a bloody gospel. Well, that's a bloody gospel and I'm a bloody preacher because I preach the blood. You see, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is the only way for a man and a woman to be redeemed, to be saved. John didn't come preaching five ways to have a nice day. Ten-point plan to health, wealth, and prosperity. He didn't cry, name it and claim it, or blob it and grab it. He didn't do that. He came preaching in the wilderness. Repent! The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Did heaven come to earth? Yes, it did as soon as the Son of God was born. This man, John the Baptist, did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true, of the Lord Jesus were true. This man is the Lamb of God, he said, and that's true. 
This man taketh away or beareth away the sins of the world. And that's true. This man is the son of God, he exclaimed. And that's true. This man was before me, for he is God. And that is true. This man is the Lord, and that is true. This man is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost, and that is true. This man is the man whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and that is true. He cried, this man is he who was spoken of by the prophets, and that is true. This man is salvation in flesh. And that is true. This man is he. He will gather his wheat into his garner and the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And listen, friend, that is true too. This man is the God-man, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who he is. John 10, 41 says, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And so he exclaims in John 1 and 34, 32 and 34. And John bear record, verse 32, verse 34, and I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Know what I thought was, thought about this and I thought, you know, here he sees this and what a wonder to see, what a, a message to proclaim it. He sees the life and the ministry of Christ. He hears his voice. He sees the expressions on the master's face. He, he, he sees it all. He takes it all and drinks it all in. And how sorrowful for a man, a centurion who stands at a cross and watches him in all his blood and gore. And when Christ gives up the ghost, says, truly this man was the son of God. How much he's missed out on the life and workings of Christ. Yes, he saw the cross. What a blessing it can be to see the cross. Friend, if you were at the cross and I was at the cross, you and I might be turned. For his visage was marred more than any man. There's so many people, so many people who see Christ at the end of days. Thank the Lord they do. But you don't don't know what you're missing to walk with him, to talk with him throughout your life. He speaks. And the sound of his voice is so sweet that the birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks with me And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we 
share as we tarry there. None other has ever known. Truly this man is the Son of God. The man whose ministry was Christ. He did no miracle. But he preached the Savior. What do others say about him? This man, the Lord Jesus. One of my favorite phrases is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3 when it's said of the Lord Jesus in a critical sense, this man receiveth sinners. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. This man receiveth sinners. Praise his name. He received this sinner. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 3 and 3 of the Lord Jesus For this man, the Lord Jesus, was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Moses, the great leader of the people, the lawgiver. Moses, who went through the wilderness with them. Moses, who instructed them in the ways of the Lord, building up the house of the Lord, building up a nation of God's people. This Moses... Christ was greater than he. For Christ is the one who sustained Moses and kept him all the days. They were there. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24 and verse 25, listen to what it says. But this man, the Lord Jesus, because he continueth forever, Continueth ever, pardon me, hath an unchangeable priesthood. You see, the Levitical priesthood from Aaron, it's gone, it's finished. It's all done, dusted, it's over. But this man, the Melchizedek priesthood, he has ascended into the glory, standing at the right hand of the Father. In other words, in the place of power and authority, there he stands with the wounds in his hands, his feet in his riven side. And there he pleads the cause for you and me. He's there perpetually. The first 25 of Hebrews 7 says, Wherefore, he is able. This man is able. The Lord Jesus is able. He is able also to save them to the end of their life to save them until they do better and get on with it themselves, to save them until there's a a religious transaction from them? Does it say to save them until he comes again? No, it says, wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. Now come unto God by him, seeing ever liveth to make intercession for them. He saves and he keeps. Did you hear that, brother, sister? He saves 
and he keeps. Hebrews 10, verse 12 says, But this man, the Lord Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Listen, forever. You know what that means? No more sacrifice. No more slaying of animals. No more masses. No continual sacrifice by priests or uh, uh, Anglican priests. Episcopal, I was lost more of my words there. No more. Let's read it again. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down in power and authority and the glory. You know what you do when you're finished your work? You sit down. It means it's done. It's over. Listen to what Peter said about this man. Mark 14 and 71. It says when, they, when he was asked when Jesus was arrested, were you also with him? Peter says. It says he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. I don't know him. Can I ask you, friend, brother, sister, have you ever been in a situation where you've been challenged in your faith and to save embarrassment to others or to save embarrassment to yourself or to save your job or whatever it may be, you've denied the Son of God who bought you with a great price. I don't know this man. Are you one of them Christians? No, 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 no. no I don't know him. Well, I sort of believe, but I'm not, I, I'm not really like all those that you hear on the radio. You know the ones who say that we should stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. I'm not like one of those ones. I'm one of the nice ones. While we love people, while we care, and while we never mean to offend or hurt, this gospel, this book, will always offend those who are in the world, in the flesh, governed by the devil. It will always offend. Be ready to say, I know this man. I know him. I am glad and I am proud to be associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this also. Pilate, He brings the Lord Jesus out, a battered and bruised man to a Jewish mob out in Jerusalem. And the Pharisees are around and they're giving their whispers. Whispers are good, aren't they? What do I tell you? What do I tell you about this one? Jesus has said to them, you're off your father, the devil. Pilate Luke 23 and verse 4 said, Pilate said to the chief priest and to the people, listen, I find no fault in this man. He says, I don't find any fault in him. And they cried out all at once saying, away with this man and release unto us Barabbas. 
We don't want him who healed the sick, and we don't want him who raised our dead, and we don't want him who's encouraged us, and we don't want him who's blessed us, and we don't want him who's given himself for us, and we don't want him who's walked from one end of the country to the other, telling us of the glories of the kingdom of God. We don't want this man. We don't want him, but I'll tell you what we want. We want the one who murders. We want the one who's a robber. We want the one who's in prison. We want the one who's willing to die uh, for the the cause of evil and for, for all the things that we do not stand for. The Pharisees are saying this. We want Barabbas. Do we hold the gospel up to people and say, this wonderful Christ, look at him. Isn't he wonderful? He's fantastic. He's beautiful. He's, he's majestic. He's mighty. He's away with us, man. Give us the devil who wants to destroy us. Give us the devil who wants to destroy our children and their minds. Who wants to corrupt and pollute our children. How far must we go as a nation? How low must we go as a people? Now it's coming, they're trying to pass laws where you don't even give your child a gender. It's not a boy and he's not a girl. He'll make his own mind or shield or maybe it's an it. I don't know, but it'll make its own mind up when it gets older. low is our people going to go? And all the time we say, but Christ satisfied. Notice what the Pharisees also said of Jesus in John 9 and verse 16. He said this after he healed a blind man on the Sabbath day. He says, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath. See, he healed on the Sabbath day. Do you know that the, the, the Hadra, the, some real strange traditions and man-made laws, and Talmudic laws, added in with what they said was God's law, all mixed up. About 613 of them. If you were walking down a street and a wall fell over and fell on top of you, The law says on the Sabbath day, if you're covered in rubble, they were allowed to lift the rubble off to the side. If you were still living, then they had to come back the next day and get you. At least they were still living. If you were dead, they were allowed to carry you out, to bury you, out of the road from the heat. If you were to hurt yourself to such a degree where you'd gashed your leg and the blood's pumping out of you, you're allowed to pour a drop of cold water on it, but that's as far as you can go. So pump away until the next day or until the sun goes down. Jesus comes in and there's a man blind and he spits on the clay and he makes up the clay with his spittle and he puts it into the man's eye. You know what he was doing? He was making a new eyeball. A creative miracle from the hands of Christ. This man is not of God. Listen to Adam Clark. Works of necessity and mercy never could be forbidden on that day by him whose name is mercy and whose nature is love. 
John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. Verse 42 says, and many believed on him there. John did no miracle, but he was faithful in his calling and his ministry. John did no miracle, but he had a special work to do. He was called of God from years before. John did no miracle, but he had a deep and lasting influence on those he came across. John did no miracle, but he won the highest praise from the Lord Jesus, and that would be enough for anyone. I'm closing. Listen to this. John 10 and 40 says, um, They went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at the first baptized, and there he abode. So Jesus comes to a place now where... John had been baptizing beforehand. John's not there at this time, but he comes up to this place where John had been ministering. Listen to what William Barclay said of the Lord Jesus going beyond Jordan to this place. He always armed himself to meet me by first meeting God. This is why he retired to the other side of Jordan. He was not running away. He was preparing himself for the final contest. People say, oh, he ran away. The crowds were after him. He ran, no, no. He was going away to prepare himself for the final battle. Golgotha. Calvary. John 10, 41 says, And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. This is my final thought. Listen. John did no miracle. And this is the way Greek scholars have it. They say it's strongly emphatic, the way this is said. John did no miracles. But it doesn't stop there, the way it reads in the Greek. But now that Christ is there, but what he said about him, this man, was true. Along comes Jesus to that region of beyond Jordan where John the Baptist did no miracle and done all the ministering and baptizing. And it gives the idea that it implies John did no miracle, but Jesus did many. It tells me the Holy Ghost ministry, if it never shows a miracle in your life, just keep preaching Christ. Leave it with him and see what he'll do. For he'll come after the word. And in Luke 3 says, Many other things in his exhortation preached he, that is John, unto the people. All things that John spake of this man were true. Christ comes along and does more than John could ever tell them. John says, he's coming. Let me tell you about Christ. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about what's happening. Let me tell you about this wonderful one that's coming. And then when Jesus comes, the idea is the people are saying, never thought that he could be like this. Now, church, John is the man whose calling or ministry was Christ. He 
came in the spirit and power of Elijah. And in these last days, it's time for you, church, to rise up in the spirit and power of Elijah and prepare our people for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to set up his kingdom on this earth. God bless his word to all of our hearts. Amen. Amen.